Today, I had the opportunity to interview Ashley Gad, founder of Coffee and Crumbs, which you'll hear is the first podcast that I ever listened to in my life. So that was really fun. And she is now the author of her new book, Create Anyway, The Joy of Pursuing Creativity in the Margins of Motherhood. So Ashley is so cool just as a person, and she's passionate about encouraging women, especially moms, to embrace creativity in their lives as a means to enhance their own well-being and the well being of their families. So we talk about overcoming the guilt of pursuing creative passions and kind of acknowledging that women feel guilty for taking time to themselves as a whole because they see it as selfish. But she challenges that thought in reminding us how creativity can be a vital source and that our creativity can be a vital source of showing our children what creativity looks like and what God's creativity is. We also talk about doing things just for the sake of enjoying them rather than for achieving because our world is so focused on achievement that we've almost lost the art of doing things for our own personal joy and for ourselves. So I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation if you feel like you You've lost your creativity after becoming a mom, or you just don't even know what your passions are or what your goals are. I hope and pray that this conversation gives you some clarity and a sense of purpose. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so thankful to have you here. I talk openly about sex, marriage, faith, relationships, motherhood, all with a biblical perspective. If you enjoyed this conversation, I have a ton of conversations for mamas um, who are struggling or who are thriving and who long to live out a thriving biblical motherhood. So let's jump into today's conversation. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay Maestas, and as usual, I'm so thankful to have all of you here. Today, I am with author Ashley Gad. Ashley, I need to tell you something. The first podcast that I ever listened to in my whole entire life was <laughs> Coffee and Crumbs. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I remember listening on the way. I don't know why. I was going to the mall. My son was pretty little and it was just life-saving for me. Like it just oh. felt, and I, I mean, I have a pretty solid community but it was so relevant. It was so practical and helpful. So as soon as I saw your name come across my email, I was excited. <laughs> so thanks oh for my being gosh. here. Well, thank you so much. That is really high praise. And it's funny because I started listening to podcasts right when I had my first baby. I think they had maybe existed before then, but I didn't know. It wasn't and relevant at the time. Yeah, yeah. I was transitioning into being a work at home mom instead of a work in the office person. And yeah, yeah the just having voices in my earbuds every day made me feel less alone. So mm. I'm really happy that 
we could maybe have been that a little bit. Yeah, for you. you were. So I would love to hear a little bit about your story, the progress, because I know, and we're going to talk all about your new book about creativity and not allowing that creativity to be squandered just because you become a mama. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about what led you to this point? What in your character, in your nature makes mm-hmm. you feel that it's okay to mm-hmm. live this life, to not live in mom guilt and to do both? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a big question. I know. And <laughs> <laughs> I feel almost like I have to kind of go back to the very beginning, which is just that I've always been a really creative person. I've been a writer for as long as I can remember, even though in my adult years, it took me a really long time to call myself that. But if I'm honest, you know, when I was a a little kid and even into my teenage years, writing was always a really big part of my life and was always a really big passion for me. And so when I, you know, got married and became a mother, I think that was one of the first kind of points of tension I felt bubbling up in me, you know, was there were so many components of my own identity and personality that almost felt like they were at stake. That feels like Mm -hmm. a really dramatic way to say that, but that's just, I think kind of what it felt like at the time, you know, new motherhood is such a huge transition. And I just remember really wrestling through this idea of what sort of what I was going to have to give up in order to be the mom that I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, motherhood, no doubt demands sacrifices of us, we have to sacrifice for some of us our, you know, our bodies or parts of our body, you know, through the transition. I'm saying that really awkwardly as it's coming out of my mouth. No, I know I, I, we absolutely do sacrifice almost every part of our body. I used to tell my husband, like, I just felt like a moo cow every Uh time when I was nursing. I'm like, I love that God has allowed me to do this, but equally I feel like a cow. (laughs) <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. I had many, many years of being a cow for my yeah. children. So <laughs> I relate to that a lot. But, you know, motherhood does require a lot of sacrifices of just, you know, our time and even space in our mind and sacrifices on our body. And I, I felt that same... I don't know. I felt that same tension bubbling up with creativity, you know, was, is this just going to have to be one more thing that I sacrifice? Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, I really didn't want to, I felt this, this pull at the same time of wanting to fight for that, wanting to reclaim it, wanting to figure out if it could exist in my life alongside motherhood. And so I've really kind of spent the last 10 years, more or less wrestling through this and figuring out how these two parts of myself can coexist and all live under one roof. You know, how can I mother and create and not lose myself in either one of those roles? And I think that's sort of the, that's really the heartbeat of create anyway, Mm -hmm. is just a decade of me wrestling through this and all of the lessons I've learned along the way. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking that that is where it's birthed. And I love that you said wrestling and not wrestled because I think a lot of the time we hear from people who have walked through a certain season and they, and while maybe, can you tell me the ages of your kids? 10, eight, and four. Okay. So you still have littles, a little, but I think that 
you're still walking through it. Motherhood, it just, it's a different kind of hard and a different kind of sweet as they grow older. But I love that you're still walking through those things and, and utilizing that knowledge and the wisdom that God has given you to share it now, knowing that you're not fully on the other side, you're not an empty nester, but that you're walking alongside of other people. What are some practical ways to be Mm -hmm. creative? Like what are some things that people can do to be creative? Yeah. Well, I first just want to speak to the woman who might be listening to this thinking, well, I'm not creative. This whole conversation is not for me. That's not me. I know a lot of people when they hear the word creativity or they hear the word create, their mind just goes to like Pinterest crafts. <laughs> and so yeah. I just want to put the disclaimer out there right now. I am not a crafty mom. I'm not a crafty person in general. I am not good at all of those things. Mm-hmm. I have different lanes the Lord has called me to, thank goodness. But <laughs> I still would argue that, you know, mothers especially we are creating every day. We are creating, um, I mean, we're creating life. We are creating mm-hmm. memories. We are creating magic. We're creating meals. We are creating rhythms and routines and um, experiences that matter to our children. And so I just like invite women to take a bigger view of what creativity could be. Creativity is not crafts. <laughs> creativity <laughs> is is anything that involves making something, you know, writing is creating photography, gardening, knitting, baking. I mean, whatever your thing is that lights you up, whatever act of creating makes you feel most alive. That is your, that is your creative lane. And I just would like really encourage women to go live in the fullness of that, whatever that means. And if you're somebody who is again, listening to this thinking, I don't even know. I don't even know what my creative lane is. Ask somebody who's in your life with you. Yes. Ask your ask your husband, ask your best friend, ask your sister, ask anyone who does mm-hmm. life with you, you know, hey, I'm really trying to figure out what my creative giftings are. What do you see in me? Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes, you know, creativity can look a little it can look a little outside the box of what we're used to. That's the beauty of creativity, right? It can't really be contained in a box. And so there's a million different ways. We all have something that we're drawn toward, something that lights us up and makes us feel alive. And that is the best place to start. That's really good. Can you share with Cree anyway, what are maybe one or two of your main hopes that your audience gets once they read your book? Mm, I love that question. I think one of my main hopes is that women would stop viewing creativity as something selfish and more as something that can actually contribute to Mm -hmm. not only their own well-being, but the well-being of their family. You know, a mom who takes care of herself and pours intention and time into doing the things that makes her feel alive, Mm -hmm. that abundance spills out into her family. And so I hear from so many moms who just think they can't make the time and they feel like it's frivolous or silly or an indulgence or selfish. And I just really want to help women reframe that, you know, that when we are pursuing our God-given creative gifts, it benefits those around us. It doesn't take away something from those around us. It actually can be a value add. And so I really hope that women walk away with that reframe. And then I also just really hope that, you know, I think for so many of us, we do have these little, we have dreams, you know, swirling in our hearts and maybe we're lacking 
permission, or maybe we're lacking a nudge, or we're just kind of waiting for someone to tell us it's okay to pursue that thing. You know, it's okay to write that thing you want to write. It's okay to go make that thing you want to make. And I'm just really hoping that God uses this book to kind of stir up a yes in people who have been maybe waiting for that nudge. Love that. I was just having a conversation with a friend yesterday. She came over for coffee and we were talking about how she feels kind of stuck in her life. And she's like, I look back three, four years ago and I don't feel like I've done all of the things that I want to do, but even worse, I don't feel like I even know what those things are still. And she's Mm -hmm. a creative and she's got passion and my encouragement to her was to start, you know, I think that I, my experience was jumping into something I knew nothing about and God allowed that to become more. Some of the things he rooted out and was like, this is not a good fit for you. And you learn the hard way as you go. But I think, and I would love to hear your opinion on this, but I think that you determine your passions and your goals. Like, you know, what, what gifts God has given you and you utilize those, but as you begin creating, it's really brought to fruition and it manifests into more. And you're, as you mentioned, Ashley, like your children see not only your work ethic and your intentionality, but they see your creativity and it inspires them to dig into themselves a little bit to see what passions God has given them. So what would you encourage or what would you say to that mama to encourage her if she's feeling like, I know that I have gifts or maybe I kind of feel like I have something, but I don't even know what it looks like to start or what my end goal is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's scary putting yourself out there, you know? And I think that so many of us, we, we can talk ourselves out of pursuing a creative dream or a creative endeavor before we even begin, because there's so much fear. There's so much doubt. We look around the world, we see what everybody else is doing, and it's so hard not to compare, you know, your talents to other people's talents. And every time I look around and I see other people making big sparkly things that are better than anything I can ever create. I mean, it does, it just really plants that seed of doubt. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I, I am reminded often that God calls us to obedience and our creative gifts are, are placed inside of us on purpose for a purpose. And part of being a good steward is taking care of those gifts. You know, God did not give us these creative talents to bury them in the ground. Like he right. wants us to put them on display, to use them in the world, to spread hope, to showcase light, to showcase his glory. And at the end of the day, like we are really just called to be obedient. We are not called to be a huge success in the world or, you know, um, seek out fame or make something perfect. I mean, I think those are a lot of the stumbling blocks that kind of get in our way, right. Is that we have these maybe grandiose expectations of what Mm -hmm. it even looks like to take a step forward when really God is just calling us to like, get out of the boat and take a step forward in faith, you know? And so that's my encouragement is that women would just get out of the boat, take a step forward, walk toward him, And if you don't even know what that looks like or what direction he's maybe calling you in, I love to encourage women to just pray for a breadcrumb. God is so faithful to deliver that when we ask. And there have been a lot of times in my life, I mean, 
right before I wrote Create Anyway was really one of them for me where I've been in just kind of a dark season of feeling restless and anxious. And I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what's next. Am I done with this? Am I all out of ideas? I'm out of inspiration. I just feel like the well has run dry and there's nothing left in me, God. Like I am just empty. And in those moments when we can just ask for a sign, a breadcrumb, something, you know, God is always faithful to deliver that and show us, you know, what is the next right thing. I would love to hear more about that. If you're willing to share, I can very much relate. And that was, I was praying before the conversation and that was something that kept coming to mind because my, my ministry slash business is essentially, um, I do marriage courses and I do social media management and I love, I'm multi-passionate. I love these things, but I find myself feeling very similarly like, kind of like the well has run dry a little bit. And I know that as I, when I go to church and I'm reading, I feel filled and I feel excited again to teach or to encourage. But then often I think the busyness of life and just the patterns of life start to make me feel as if kind of wayward, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to hear from you, you know, when you feel that way, when, as you said, you're walking out of that season, how do you navigate those emotions, like kind of the burnout Mm -hmm. and what are some practical steps maybe that you take in order to move forward from it? Yeah. Gosh, I've been in this season several times across my life. And I, I guess like the first thing I want to say is just that this is so normal. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it, it's not that it's normal for us to be you know, hitting burnout over and over again. I mean, if that's happening to you in your life, I would encourage you to really think through what needs to change because Mm -hmm. that is not, I think what God wants for any of us, for us to just be continuously hitting burnout, but hitting these places where we just feel completely empty and we don't know what to do next. I mean, that does seem to be a cycle that I tend to hit specifically with my my work, my creativity, my passions. And I think knowing that it is a season and it will pass is really reassuring to me because I have come out on the other side so many times now that at least I can say when those feelings start to creep up inside of me, I know, okay, at some point I am going to be able to work through this, but often there is a change required. And so a lot of times for me, that looks like just getting really quiet Mm -hmm. and getting really introspective, asking God for a breadcrumb, asking God for a sign, an open door, something, you know, what, what needs to change here? Can you show me what needs Mm -hmm. to change here? And a lot of times, you know, I like to invite other people into that process and into that conversation. So, you know, we recently just made a really big change um, with coffee and crumbs and it on the outside, it maybe doesn't look like that big of a change, but internally it felt like a really big change. We, (laughs) we went from, you know, for eight and a half years, we've been publishing essays about motherhood on a weekly basis. And we've been doing that for many, many, many years. That Mm -hmm. has been our editorial flow, our editorial process. That's our calendar, our schedule, our rhythm. And for a while last year, I started just feeling over and over again, like this is not working. This pace, even though it's pretty small compared to what a lot of other publications put out, it started feeling just like too much and too rushed. And 
I was unable to give my best to the work at that pace. And so Mm -hmm. I really started thinking through, you know, gosh, what needs to change? Does this mean we're done? Does this mean, you know, coffee and crumbs is over and I just have to fold the whole thing? Or is black and white? Yeah, Yeah. totally. Which is sometimes my go-to thinking, right? It's just, okay, well, if this isn't working, I guess it's over with now. Um, But thankfully, I was able to kind of, you know, brainstorm with some people and really zoom out and take a step back and get quiet before the Lord and and really consider, you know, do I still want to do this? Do I still have energy for this? Do I still believe in the mission of what we are doing? Yes, I do. Okay. So the next part is what needs to pivot? What needs to shift? How can we change to make this rhythm and this pace more sustainable for us where we can have more passion and energy for it again, Mm -hmm. where I can have more passion and energy for it again. And so I decided that instead of putting out essays every week, we were going to start doing these quarterly collections where we're basically releasing a big batch of work every 90 days. And that took us out of a 30-day sprint into a 90-day sprint. Mm -hmm. And just that alone, again, this probably feels like not a big deal on the outside, but on the inside, it really shifted a lot of things for us. And it has completely just breathed more life, I think, into our work. And I'm so grateful that we were able to make that shift. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you. And my little gremlin just walks. (laughs) This is hashtag create anyway in real life right now. My baby Kate is unexpectedly home. Can you say hi? And then you can go back to the room. Okay. And I'll come and be with you in just a minute. You can have a Z bar. I really, really hope that you don't edit that out. Okay. I won't. I'll leave it. Please leave this in. (laughs) Sure. Yes. You can have a Z bar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Which we already talked about before. And I said, no, you can't have a Z bar, but now because I'm on a call. Yes, you can have. Yes, you can. He knows how to use it. (laughs) No, but, and thank you for sharing that. I think that's one thing that, um, I, I talk about this on probably every episode of my podcast because, this book was so pivotal to me. Have you ever read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? I haven't. I, I have it on my bookshelf and oh. it is really high on my TBR yes. list. I just haven't read it yet. Read it. It's so okay. good. But I think that it it relates. It talks about the way of Jesus and the way of Jesus was never rushed. He was compassionate. He heard people. He stopped when he didn't have time to stop. And it was so pivotal in my life to step back and say, Yes, I want all of these things, but I also don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. And not to say, obviously, your essays were successful and they were beautiful and they ministered to hearts, but to be able to step back on something like that, as you're saying, gives you more opportunity mm-hmm. to to give more of yourself, more of your heart to other things that will mm-hmm. minister just as much or tenfold. And I think that's so important for women to remember is that just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you can't do anything. It is such a lie from the enemy where it's like, well, if I can't do a YouTube channel and I can't have a perfect Mm -hmm. home and I can't, you know, portray my life in a certain way, well, then it's not even worth it to start. Mm -hmm. And I would just challenge that. I think most women at this point in their lives want a quote unquote mediocre life. Like they're not trying to girl boss. They're not trying to do all the things like they want to have peace for their souls and they want to have rest and joy. But in that mm-hmm. you still need to feel like a human. And mm-hmm. in that humanness comes creativity. One thing that I love that you talk about in create anyway, is how creativity and play come together and work mm-hmm. together to create kind of this this power, this solidarity, even between you and your children. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. 
I, I mean, I first need to confess that I'm really bad at play. Okay. <laughs> so this <laughs> is fair. when we, yeah, when we talk about the wrestling in, in present tense, that, yeah. that is me when it comes to play. I'm a type three on the Enneagram. I don't Same. know if you're, from, okay. Yep. <laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I like you too. <laughs> yeah. So you know that I, you know, I struggle with play. I struggle with rest. I struggle with anything that I don't deem productive. And so when it comes, yeah. So when it comes to creativity, I have at so many times gotten into this mindset where I'm just all work and no play. And Mm -hmm. I can so quickly twist my, my creative pursuits, which are, which are something that delight me and give me joy into this thing I have to do, Mm -hmm. you know, into this this work deadline, or I start to get a real workaholic mentality about it where everything related to my art is wrapped up in some kind of accomplishment or achievement, which is not a healthy way to approach Mm -hmm. making art and creating beautiful things in this world. And so my kids are constantly reminding me to play because they're so good at play. And I'm really inspired by them. You know, you said something earlier at the top of the show about how, you know, me creating in front of my kids can, you know, model that for them and inspire them to create. But I would say, honestly, in our house, it works much more like a, like a, a cycle, like a yeah. give and take, you know, that I'm creating in front of my that. kids and my kids are inspired by me and my kids are creating in front of me and I'm inspired by them. I'm so inspired by the way my kids, you know, their imagination has knows no bounds. They, mm-hmm. their wonder and their curiosity and, Um, I was just thinking this morning, you know, my daughter, every, she's four and she's just now getting, she's really obsessed with coloring and she's just now starting to, um, you know, even make her own drawings that are not just coloring on a, on a coloring book or whatever. And every time she finishes a piece of art, she just comes to me right away and asks for scotch tape because she wants to go tape it to the wall in her bedroom. (laughs) And aren't you so inspired by that? You know, yeah. I'm like, she's not doubting herself. She's not criticizing her work. She's mm-hmm. not waiting to see what the internet says about it. You know, she <laughs> yeah. just makes something and calls it good and slaps it to the wall. And that's the end. And that's so good. Yeah. I just love watching their, their play at work, their creativity at work, because it honestly, it makes me think so much about the creative process and what I can learn from them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I, what I hear you saying as well is how you're able to slow down when you're with them because you see the goodness of God and not even in like a cliche cheesy way, but like you see the goodness of God and his creativity. I mean, we look at the world, my husband, this is a tangent, but my husband and I were, we were watching some show with crazy animals. And I was like, why do you think God did that? Like, do you think that he made these animals like the fish with light bulbs on their heads or, you know, all the crazy looking, do you think he made them so that we could see his creativity and his talent? And he was like, I, yes, I believe so. And I believe that he has had infinite time Mm -hmm. to create beautiful things that represent his creativity Mm -hmm. and his beauty. Um, even if they're weird, you know, (laughs) like it's just different, (laughs) but it was such a cool conversation because it made me feel similarly in that I, I often, the beautiful things in my life, I will post them or I will share them with somebody or I like, I, I keep very little just to myself. And it's been very convicting to me lately that there are things that privacy is sweet. 
you know, and in a world with social media, it feels this, I feel often this pressure to present it all, you know, like, oh shoot, Mm -hmm. I haven't posted. So I should share Mm -hmm. something, even though I want it to myself. And I've had a lot of moments where I've stepped back and just said, no, like this is between me and my little ones, or this is Mm -hmm. between me and my family. Mm -hmm. And this is sufficient. And I can just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And one thing I love doing, I laughed when you said that because I love planning vacations, but like Mm -hmm. vacations, I'm not even going on. I'll write a full (laughs) itinerary. And it's like me saying, okay, God, whenever you're ready to take me here, I am ready to go. Mm -hmm. But it's so fun. And my husband's like, why don't you do that for a job? You love it. And I, for once in my life said no, because Mm -hmm. I love it. And Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be something that isn't fun because it becomes an achievement-based thing. There's so much value in creating for creativity's sake. And I don't feel like specifically in our kind of American culture specifically, Mm -hmm. we just don't celebrate that enough. You know, we are, we're so wrapped up in, we're so wrapped up in the, the commerce of it all, you know? And so often we don't even really value art unless people are, applauding it, talking about it, offering to pay for it. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, there's so, there's so much beauty to be found in the process of making something, even if it's just in the four walls of your home, you know, Mm -hmm. that is worth doing. That is worth pursuing. If it brings you joy and delights you and fills you up and makes you feel alive, go do that and make that thing. You don't have to share it. You don't have to sell it. You don't have to throw it on Instagram for people to publicly rate it. You know, you can just enjoy making things in your home for yourself, for your family, for your kids. And yeah, I do try to say that in a lot of different ways throughout the book that I do think, you know, creating for creativity's sake is not a waste. Mm, So good. Okay. So in closing, how would you say creativity makes people better parents? We are designed to create. That is literally how God wired us and how God built us. And I really truly believe that when we make things, when we create things, that is one way we draw closer to our maker. Mm. It is one way we live in the fullness of who we were made to be. It's one way we flourish as human beings. And when we take the time to do that, I just believe that energy is the word that's coming to mind. And I feel like that might sound a little woo, woo, but that energy is, (laughs) that energy is contagious. You know, it's contagious. It bleeds out into our homes. And especially if you want to raise creative kids, which who among us does not want to raise creative Mm -hmm. children, you know, that is one way we can model that for them. Like at the end of my life, I don't want my kids to think back on their mom as someone who just vacuumed all the time and someone who was, you know, responding to emails and doing dishes 24 seven. Like, I don't want that to be the picture of what it looks like to be a flourishing person made in the image of God. I want my kids to see the whole of me. And so if they see me vacuuming and they see me working, they see me doing dishes, why would I not allow them to see me creating and making things and doing, doing the things that living, living, living living life. And so I'm really passionate about that. And I do, um, again, and I, I hesitate to even use the word self-care because I know there's a lot of like baggage attached to that, Mm -hmm. to that claim, but I do, I do believe that creativity can be a form of self-care, a 
a form of taking care of ourselves, our Mm -hmm. mental selves, our emotional selves, our spiritual selves. And so again, it's important to model that for our kids. That makes us a better, I think, more fulfilled parent. I agree. I laughed with the self-care because it is, it's so, it can be so selfish now Mm -hmm. the way that it's portrayed, but what I've realized is like lounging and watching Netflix day after day after day, obviously that is going to be more unhealthy than anything. But when you're doing something that actually fills your soul Mm -hmm. and actually connects you to people or to Jesus, like that is what this creativity is doing. And so it is, it's healthy and it actually, as you mentioned, pours back out onto your family. Mm. Thank you so much, Ashley. It was so nice. Thank you. You encouraged my heart today to go out I think my creativity longing recently is like just to be out in nature more and to Mm -hmm. hike and pick things up with my boys and, you know, just to experience and explore more. So that is my goal for this year, but I'm so thankful to have you. And I am so excited about create anyway, the joy of pursuing creativity in the margins of motherhood. I will have it linked in my show notes for all of you to purchase. And I just want to congratulate you on your book launch. I know that there can Mm -hmm. be a lot of emotions involved, but I just pray that you find peace and rest in it and just have a knowledge and a trust knowing that God is going to use this for good. And Mm -hmm. I already feel very blessed and encouraged Mm -hmm. to be in your presence and just talking with you. So thank Thank you you for being here. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate that more than you know. Of course. So let my audience know where they can find you on Instagram. Sure. On Instagram, I'm at Ashley Gad. Okay. Ashley has two E's. Gad okay. has two D's. Okay. Well, thank you everybody so much for being here as always. And if you enjoyed this conversation, make sure to share on stories and tag us. Let us know what you think of create anyway and how it blessed your life or encouraged you to create, to be inspired, to inspire your little ones. And if you haven't yet, make sure to rate and review the Living Easy Podcast on iTunes. And I will talk to y'all next Tuesday. Bye guys.